Welcome to the Football Journey Podcast. I am your host, Derek Ware. Today we are talking to Dean Fabrizio. He is the head football coach of the Lee County Trojans, the state champions, the Georgia High School state champions. You've watched these guys play on ESPN. And if you're like me and have been following them for a while, you got to see them go from underdogs to top dogs. From the smallest school in their division, in their classification, to the best school in their classification. From a team that had lost 19 games in a row before Coach Fabrizio got there to now a team that went 14-1 and and are state champions. All that success is, is really awesome, but what really is a testament to who Coach Fabrizio is is this. Uh, I met him about five or six years ago when he first started ju- doing the football journey curriculum with his team, and they've been doing it for the past five or six years. And when they won the state championship, of course, he's receiving all these accolades and, and uh, doing all these things. But somewhere in the midst of that, he took uh, a little bit of time and he just sent me a text message that just blew me away that, that he, he's done something that he's been striving his whole career to do uh, as a head coach. And he accomplishes that goal. And, and the first thing he's doing is he's thinking about others. And that really was a testament to who he is. Yeah, I have uh, Coach Fabrizio here, and man, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. I've been following uh, Lee County football for the past six, five or six years now and seen some incredible things, and man, I just want to know and get the inside scoop on, on what you do, Coach Fabrizio, so thank you so much for coming on the Football Journey Podcast. Guys, I appreciate y'all having me. <laughs> My pleasure. Okay, so uh, first off, just to kind of get started is, is you took over a team at, at Lee County that had lost their last 19 games in a row, and uh, and you took them over and you kind of uh, you brought them you brought them to a place of relevance, and then you know I think you guys went 10 and 10 and two, and then all of a sudden you found out that you're having to move up another classification, and yes. and I know that. And I looked at your schedule because I remember following you guys, and I, I looked at that schedule, and I was like, man, Lowndes and Valdosta, and and man, these are some of the powerhouses in Georgia, and you guys were one of the small schools in that classification, and and you turned around and went nine and three that year, and so uh, you kind of you kind of had a couple little proof of concepts there where where you know at first it was, you know they lost nineteen games in a row, and then you kind of they kind of bounced back, and then. You had to take another big leap. And so kind of just give me a little bit of the background of that that whole process. Well, you know, the, the first thing was is this certainly has not been a quick fix here. You know, it's been a gradual process. And, and I think the very first thing is that it's, we've got a great group of kids. You know, we've been very fortunate. We've had some talented kids, and we've had some kids that bought in and worked extremely hard. Uh, we've had some great assistance and still have some great assistance here at Lee County. We've got great support from our community and our, the support from our administration and our school system and school board has been outstanding, you know, and that's, that's what I talked about when I first got the job here is, is, you know, there's, there was no magic wand. They had, they've had good coaches, head coaches here before me. Um, they just weren't able to establish any kind of consistent success. And, uh, you know, when I talked to them, I said, you know, if you're expecting me to come in and wave a magic wand and it just happened, you know, that's not going to be the case. It's going to take a, a commitment from a lot of people. And, you know, the first year I was here, you know, we lost our first five games. So we were on, a, I don't know what that ran the losing streak to from the games before I was here. And, and that, you know, we had one of the longest losing streaks in the state. And really, we were just trying to win a game. 
and you know we we won a couple that first year, and then we got to where we're trying to make the playoffs for the next you know two two three years. That was our that was what we were really pushing for. We made the playoffs, and after we made the playoffs a couple of years, we were trying to win. You know, we need to win a game and advance in the playoffs. We we're able to do that, and then it became can we advance you know further and then then really it became where they bumped us up in class and you know we got put as the uh, small school in the largest class with the traditional powers and uh giving up a, a thousand plus students in enrollment and we're ready. so that was another big step to compete at that level and we were able to you know we were fortunate we were able to do that and then you know just kind of pushing through and it all kind of um you know came to a, a a climax this year with us winning the state championship so it was a long hard process that we we pushed through to get to this point yeah, just to see the, I guess, resilience in that, you know, in that year where you guys were one of the smallest schools in that next mm-hmm. classification, you you lost three games, you went nine and three, and and two of those losses were to teams that played in the nas- in the in the state championship that year, mm-hmm. and and so I mean that's that's incredible to take that that leap. So how do you really build a program that's that resilient that uh, can take on so many so much adversity and still yeah. uh, keep going? Well, that was a big year because, you know, we, we had kind of finally established ourselves. We had back-to-back winning seasons for the first time in school history. We are coming off a 10-win season, a region championship, and then, you know, to, to, to kind of be hit hard with the reclassification was something that, that you know, could be a program killer because establishing a program, is, it's all about momentum. You know, the more success you have, the more momentum you have, the easier things are, and the more people want to be a part of it, the more people want to help out. And, and you know, it's kind of always been something here, just establishing that momentum. And we felt like we had some good momentum going. And then with the reclassification, that was that was a big challenge for us. And, you know, we just kind of put our heads down and kept working. And, and we're fortunate that we were able to keep the momentum going through that time. Uh, it also accumulated with a time where we had a great commitment in, in facility upgrades and things like that from our school system. And, and, you know, we were able to come out on the other end better for it. But it certainly was a trying time going into that league and that classification. But, you know, like I said, we had some really good kids and good coaches and we were able to have some success doing it. And I I think I think the you know just the whole attitude with our kids of hey man we just got to keep working just trying to get and just constantly keeping our head down and getting better was the key thing to it. I know that you guys have had a lot of uh, maybe kid you've had kids that have gone on and played football in college and and mm-hmm. and you know from the video from the the interviews that I see you do and from the the talks that you, the interviews that your kids give. And they keep coming back to this deal of hard work, hard work, hard work. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy if a kid is talented to maybe discount the hard work and just think, mm-hmm. oh, well, I, I'm going to be good because I'm just I'm just talented. How do you get your kids to constantly work hard and to, and to have that mindset of, of putting the work in? Well, the first thing is we've got great assistant coaches, and I, and I you know, and that gets back to the great administrative support, being able to bring guys in that are that are experienced and that are strong coaches and that have got a great work ethic. And the other thing is, you know, we really believe in a, a progression style of teaching where, you know, we we teach everything in a progressive manner. And I think that certainly that certainly helps a bunch with how how hard our kids work because we build up to that point. And then, you know, we try to make it simple for our kids, and uh, and we try to we try to have a uh, system where they come out every day. We're not going to practice them forever, but we're going to practice at a high intensity. It's the same way we do things in the weight room. And I think I think that over time and just constantly pushing it and gradually and gradually getting to that point has been the key thing. 
So uh, this progressive style of, of teaching where you, uh, how, how does it, what does that look like if you were uh, teaching? Well, and any good? drill we have or, yeah, any drill we have or anything we do, we, we, we break down and we go through a process and how we're going to teach that. We just don't just jump into the drill. You know, we go through a progression and how we teach that. And I think that's something that certainly helps our kids play extremely hard and play fast. And, you know, one of the big things is we, we stress all, and our assistant coaches do a great job of this, of building relationships with our players, you know, as more than just football players. And I think when we, when we do that and we establish those relationships, we're then able to coach our kids extremely hard on the field and in the film room and demand that they play really hard and that they work hard. And, you know, those things wouldn't be possible without the relationships we build with those kids year-round. Well, yeah. Uh, now, let me ask you this. So you, let's say you have a, a two-hour practice. Uh, mm-hmm. What percentage of that time do you spend working on maybe X's and O's? And what, spent, what, what percentage do you spend working on uh, fundamentals, the technique of the how of? Well, we, you know, we, we spend a lot of time, first of all, meetings of staff, planning everything out. So, we, we, you know, we've got a lot of kids out there. You know, we've got 120 kids, 10 through 12, out in our program. And, you know, we have everything organized with our coaches. So when we, you know, we spend a lot of time meeting and talking about how we're going to do those things. And we spend a lot of time pre-practice meeting with our players, reviewing film, going over what we're going to do that day. So when we hit the field... Um, we're really ready. We're ready to roll. And uh, you know, we may have had a walkthrough already prior to going out there as well. So when we hit the field, we are, we're moving at a fast pace. And, you know, we'll go, uh, depending on the time of year, you know, we'll go with a good uh, uh, 15 to 20 minute uh, pre-practice, 15 to 20 minute walkthrough. And then from there, we'll get into a little bit of group work, uh, you know, man coverage, DBs versus wide receivers, pass rush, OL versus DL. And then we'll get into our, you know, team type periods, group and team, our skelly, our inside, our team. But one thing that we try to do is steal a lot of time once we get into the season. And we, we've really tried hard these last several years to be as efficient as possible with our kids' practice time and try to cut practice down as short as we can but get the same amount of work. And, and we, you know, because I, I really believe that, you know, kids respond well to short, high-energy, well-organized things. And, and I don't think our kids really go out there too much with the, oh, gosh, it's another day of practice. I think our kids, not saying every day they're, oh, great practice, but I think I don't think they dread <laughs> it going out there. You know, we play music at practice. We try to make it something that, uh, you know, our kids really enjoy out there uh, and still work them extremely hard. But one thing we'll try to do, you know, when it's, you know, when it's uh, off, we try to involve a lot of kids. You know, when when our when our ones are going, our twos are resting. When our twos are going, our ones are resting. You know, and when it's team offense, we've got two scout groups. You know, one for the ones, one for the twos. But then our starting defense may be at the other end of the field with a couple of coaches working punt block. You know, or or another extra short individual. So we try to steal a lot of time, and that's really how we've been able to condense our practice down some. Is is really looking at it and involving all our kids, but it takes a lot of coordination. Yeah, well, and and I contacted you a while back about your practice schedule, and and I was just curious to see what other coaches were doing, and so you sent you sent me a copy, and on the schedule you had a, a part sectioned off for correction cards. Uh, can you explain what that means? It was a quiz on correction cards. Well, what we do with all our kids is, you know, after practice every day and after games, you know, we overlay the film with all the corrections. 
uh, and then our kids can watch that on their own, but we're going to show it to them the next day. But what we try to do is when a kid comes in, you know, the coaches will go through, we'll watch the film, we'll put all the corrections down there, but then we try to pick out the biggest thing we feel each kid needs to correct. And every day when they come in for our film session, the coach is going to go over that with each of the kids. He's going to, as, they, as they're walking into the film session, he'll be grabbing them as they're coming in, hey, you know, uh, Johnny, for, you've got to get this first step corrected today. Billy, you've got to get your, your hand placement corrected today. Whatever the biggest, you've got to get this mistake you're making in alignment corrected today. Whatever the biggest thing is, boom, that's on that card. Sometimes it's two things. We try to keep it to one, but sometimes it's, it's got to be two. And that's the biggest thing. Hey, get this corrected. Then as we're watching film, we're now coaching everything. Now we've, we've got the overlay in the film, so we're reading it off so we can go through, we can get more clips in a shorter period of time, and the kids are taking notes on that card of all the things they've got to correct. So when we walk out to practice, as, as we're warming up, as we're doing some pre-practice things, our coaches are, are picking kids out, hey, Billy, tell me some things on your correction card. Hey, what's, what do you got to get corrected today? So we're putting that in those kids' minds as we start practice so they're focused on getting that corrected. And, you know, that's really what we're trying to do is we're, you know, we're, we're trying to identify the techniques our kids have to do, develop drills for them, practice those relentlessly, and, const- and give constant feedback to our kids about what they have to do to get better. And we're hopeful each day when they go out there, they're able to get those things corrected. But they've got to be thinking about it. You know, just we stress to our kids, just because you're out here sweating doesn't mean you're getting any better. You've got to force yourself to do things correctly. That's crazy. You know, when I saw that on your uh, practice schedule, I was like, man, that's something I've got to incorporate. And so uh, this year, you know, I, I incorporated that with my kids every day at practice after we'd watch the game and then they, I'd give them a card. And on the front, it had the thing they need to work on. And then on the back, it had the things from the previous weeks that they had already corrected. And these were all mm-hmm. technical things. And so it was kind of nice for the kid to be able to turn, turn to the back and say, man, I remember when I used to not be able to do this. And and now I've I got all these things that I've accomplished, and, and they realize, man, I'm getting better. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly a good idea. I really like that. That's, that's something we may incorporate there, or that's, something we may incorporate. <laughs> I, st- I stole it from you, and, man, I just uh, – I just, <laughs> Well, that's – well, that ties it up and really takes it to another level there with that. And, you know, and it's a little extra work on the coaches, but I think, you know, if we don't, you know, that's the whole point. If we're not identifying what they have to focus on to get better, now we're, there's a million little things we're coaching, and we're coaching that off film, we're coaching their practice, but we got to hit what's the biggest thing or the biggest couple things. When you walk off that field today, this needs to be corrected. And, you know, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't because it takes them more days to correct or more reps. But that's the biggest thing they got to correct, and that's the overlying thing. Because sometimes you can get so caught up in giving them a million things that you lose sight of the, you know, you, you start looking at the trees instead of the forest. Yeah, yeah, we've all seen that that glassy eye. You know, you call him over to the sideline or whatever, and you tell him 12 things he's got to fix. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and you send him back out there, and he had forgotten every single one of those. But you give him one thing, and now he's yes. now he knows, hey, and it's and it's objective. Did I do this? Did I not do this? Did I fix my first step mm-hmm. today? I can look at film and I can give you a yes or a no answer on did I fix that? And uh, mm-hmm. and that's that's pretty neat for those kids. Now, uh, l- let me ask you this: So, do your kids do they accept coaching uh, eagerly? You know, do they look for coaching, or is it something that you kind of have to force feed them sometimes? 
you know, for the most part, our kids do a great job and they and they do accept coaching. But you know, they're just there's always challenges working with some kids, and and kids get frustrated sometimes when they can't get things right. And uh, I think it all goes back to you know building those relationships with those kids. You know, I really think if you if you build relationships with kids and they know you care about them as more than a football player, uh, they're willing to accept being coached hard, both uh, on the field and in the film room. And uh, you know, we've you know as the years have gone on, we've tightened you know, and, and and each year as we've had a little more success, we've kind of tightened our expectations and and our discipline of the kids. And um, you know that that's one of the things that that we feel our you know our kids do accept hard coaching and our best players accept being coached hard. And uh, that's something we had to build up to though. You know when when you first get to a place and and you haven't maybe had a lot of success and the key it's not a, a football area where the kids are going to play no matter what. Sometimes you can't be as as difficult and hard on those kids uh, because if you don't have the kids out there you know they can't help you at all so you know we had to kind of build up to that point that's a good point all right now uh, let me ask you this about uh your leadership style so uh i gave i've given you a couple little options here so on your leadership style do you feel like you're more like a bobby bowden type coach you know someone who is a delegator who looks at the big picture and maybe uh, oversees practice from his seat in the tower are you more of like a, a Mark Rick type coach, uh, the coach, the old coach at Georgia, now he's at Miami, who seems to be very focused on building relationships and loyalty and trust? Mm-hmm. Or are you like a Bear Bryant type coach uh, who's focused on like military-like discipline and toughness? Or maybe you're something totally different. What, you know, what do you think? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm in any any of those guys' leagues by any means. I'm, I'm certainly not. But uh, you know, there, there's many different ways to be a head coach, and and you know, I think it depends on the the type of coach and also the situation you have and how many assistants you have. You know, basically, my role here is you know I I, I coach our coaches and I control the tempo of practice. And uh, you know, we practice with music on. It's going at a fast pace. I have a microphone that that speaks over the music because we're on our game field practicing and you know because we're fortunate to have a turf field here and uh that's one thing that i i you know i stress i'm going to control the tempo of practice i'm going to oversee everything and then i'm going to coach our coaches so when we come off the field i'm going to go over things that i saw that day with them and then on the film i'm going to go over things i saw that day with them and then have them impart that to the kids but at practice i'm controlling the organization and the tempo out there and then i'm coaching the coaches what does it look like? What does coaching the coaches look like? So, uh, do they just know after practice we're going to have a meeting, and then and then how does that kind of go, or what do you do? Well, I, I think it starts well before that, in, in in setting out guidelines of what I expect of them and how I expect them to set their drills up, and, and meeting with them and going over the progression teaching and their drills and how we're gonna how we're gonna do things, and then the organization and the structure of practice comes from me, and then from there. You know, I'm looking. I'm I'm watching them practice. I'm taking notes. I'm I'm getting on our kids and, and interjecting here and there. Um, but you know, for the most part, letting our coaches coach out there. And then when when we come off, I'll go over just you know notes. It might only be one or two things. Sometimes it's more with each coach. Hey, coach, I saw this today. We got to get to this period faster. Coach, we've got to devote more reps to this. And just a lot of little things, and constantly staying on top of those things every day to make sure we can. We can stay fine-tuned. We can stay. Uh, we can stay. Uh, uh, you know, on the cutting. I don't want to necessarily say on the cutting edge, but just make sure we're constantly pushing it to to, to practice more efficiently, to practice harder, to get the most out of our, our practice and our kids, and most out of our time when we're out there. So, that's kind of my role out there to do to do those things. Well, and then you know, anytime you're ever asked about 
you know, that you're the success that, that you've had there. Uh, the first thing that you always say, and you did it at, in this interview too, is you always point out, hey, let me tell you about my coaches. Let me tell you about the administrators and the, the board, the school board and all that and all that stuff. And so kind of what is your what are your relationships like with your assistant coaches? Uh, is it is it more of kind of well, just I guess just tell me kind of what is that what is that like? I know that your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, uh, you've worked with them before in Florida, correct? Uh, no, at Peach County, another school in Georgia. Oh, okay, another school in Georgia. Okay, uh, so what is that relationship like? Um, you know, the thing about the relationship between coaches, you've got to have a staff that works together well, and uh, you've got to have guys that uh, are in it for the kids, and and are all you got to have guys that don't mind putting the time in and the work ethic and, and the things like that to be successful, and and you know, and you got to guess who who's, who understand there's a bigger picture, and and and. You know, don't get offended when when it, they when you you get on them, or it's not. Hey, it's not all about this or your group. It's about the whole big picture. And I think that's one thing of my roles is to kind of see the forest. You know, when you're a coordinator, position coach, sometimes you're just worried about the trees that you're coaching. And you know, I've got to be the one who ties it all together and make sure that that everybody is going in the same direction, and we're 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 maximizing our time and our kids and and our staff. And uh, we've been, like I said, we've been blessed here to have. Some great assistant coaches and guys that work extremely hard and uh um you know guys that that, that have gotten along and work together really well that's awesome now uh what is your philosophy on discipline when it comes to discipline do you guys have uh, like a, a, a set of rules that are non-negotiable that are posted somewhere with consequences or is it more kind of a case-by-case basis uh, oh well on rules you know, we have some hard and fast team rules. You know, they're going to be at practice every day. If they're not at practice, if it's excused, and I'm the one who determines if it's excused, this is their punishment. If it's unexcused, this is their punishment. Um, so we definitely have certain things that we have hard and fast team rules. And then other things, I think there's expectations that I'm going to treat on a case-by-case basis. And, you know, we, we treat all, all our players fairly. We don't treat everyone the same because, you know, everybody's different, and I don't think you can treat everyone the same. So we treat everybody fairly, and we do have a hard set of standards and rules. But by the same token, I think you have to look at every situation individually and what's best for that individual, what's best for the team, and you know what's what's best for really all involved so this has always been a debate i think among coaches uh, at least places that i've been is is what what what's the punishment for a kid who misses practice unexcused well what we do on that is on, on an unexcused miss uh we, we keep our players after practice and, and we have uh you know we have a, a and what we call an opportunity for self-improvement period or osi so if they got in trouble in class if they did something they weren't supposed to if they were tardy to school they have to stay after practice and do that now how how long that is how hard that is is dependent on what they did and um, that's and you know obviously an excuse miss they still have to stay there and make it up because it's not just like you miss you miss class that day you got to make that work up you know it's not fair that everybody else is here so that kind of cuts down on those say you know did I have now if they're there watching practice and they're too sick to participate that doesn't count as a miss you know but but if they're you know that kind of cuts down on a lot of that hey you know you know well I I really couldn't be there that and uh, you know the the unexcused miss is. Um, and first, let me go back. Usually, the only thing we're going to excuse is a family emergency or a or a um, sickness. 
where they couldn't be there. Pretty much everything else is going to, they've got to be there. You know, I tell our kids that, you know, I'll work with you in the off season, but once our season starts, you're going to be at practice every day if you're going to play here. An unexcused miss, obviously they'll have OSI and stay after practice. And then beyond that, it's up to me what I'm going to determine their punishment to be. And it could be sitting out a quarter. It could be not dressing for the game. It, you know, I think it depends at that point. You know, they've all got a punishment for it, but at that point it depends on, you know, what the situation was, uh, how many times we've had an issue with them, how many other issues we've had. Um, you know, if there's someone, uh, you know, if there's someone who's going to play, me sitting them for a half is, is a pretty good punishment for them. In addition to the OSI, if there's someone who probably wasn't going to play in the game, me not letting them dress is probably a more apt punishment because, you know, me sitting them for a half when they weren't going to play anyway isn't really a punishment. So, yeah. so you know, I I take it on a case-by-case basis. If it's a kid that never misses and it's kind of a gray area where it's unexcused, I may, and it's the first time they've ever missed it, well, it may be something where, you know, where where I they just have to do the, uh, the flipping tires after practice. If it's something that's happened a couple times, you know, eventually I'm going to dismiss them from the team if they can't be a practice every day. But, you know, fortunately we don't have a lot of problems with that. You know, like I said, if they're not going to be a practice every day we've got good numbers we've got a lot of kids out they're probably not gonna get to play very much yeah yeah obviously uh okay so uh, move on to the moving on to the next uh little segment here is uh, you have done you've been using uh, a character curriculum with your kids uh this is a football journey podcast and you've been using the football journey character curriculum with your kids for the last five years now and so you've had two two groups of kids that have gone through every single lesson of the books and so how 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 important is teaching character to to your kids and your success well there's you know it's and and beyond our success i think it's it's something that's you know that's just important with kids in general for their success overall in life and i think with the what the the you know, we've always had a character education program, but it was just a bunch of things that I had collected through the years, or other coaches had collected. And I think the great thing that, that a football journey does is it's specifically tailored to each individual grade and what that student is going through at that time. So you know, as they go through this from their freshman year to their sophomore year, their junior, their senior year, they're hitting new lessons, they're hitting new things. Now we do supplement that with some character ed things that we've done throughout the years. So we'll some weeks we we always go uh once a week for about 30 to 45 minutes we have a character ed session with our players and occasionally usually we use the curriculum provided in the football journey uh you know packets uh you know we give each player a folder and uh their own uh their own book and uh and we go over we split them up by grade and we do that every week but occasionally we'll do some with the one with the whole team with the character you know character things that we come up with as well so so it's been something that's been very good for our kids we think it's helped with their behavior in school we think it's helped with their academics and uh you know hopefully it's helped them when they leave here and go out you know go out into the world after high school um, I also think it certainly helped our success on the field with the the things that it talks to, the teamwork, the resiliency. Um, you know, I know one of the things you talked about. What's one of our favorite lessons? And there's many, many lessons in a football journal that that I really enjoy. But um, one of the ones certainly is you know with the juniors, the JV or varsity. You know, and that's something that that certainly uh, that's something that certainly. Uh, uh, you know, it's something that comes up a lot of times with guys. And, you know, we've got, we've got kids who might play JV as a junior, 
but they keep working, they keep getting better, and then their senior year, they're able to get on the field. And, uh, you know, you see that a lot with seniors where, well, it's my senior year, I'm working hard to get on the field. Well, heck, if that person would have worked that hard through their sophomore and junior year when they were playing JV, there'd be no question they're going to be on the field at that yeah. point. But at that point, they kind of cruise through it, and now it's your senior year. Now you want to put in that extra, or if they put in that extra the whole time, they'd have been fine. Yeah, isn't that the truth? You know, you get mm-hmm. you get right there, and you're like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll, then I'll start, once I get to the finish line, then I'll sprint. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, man, that's awesome that you guys take so much uh, time to really spend investing in those kids' lives, and that and that it's going to be more. You know, their lives are going to be more than just winning state championships and mm-hmm. and uh, and district championships and all that. But it's going to be something that impacts them for the rest of their lives. Going to be great fathers and and husbands and 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 work in the community and, and do a great job mm-hmm. and all those things. And that's, that's really special. Well, hopefully, hopefully so. And I, and I, I really think it, 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 you know, what, what the football journal thing has done for us is, is put it in a curriculum. Like, and like I said earlier, to, to teach it by what that kid is going through at that grade level. And, it's taken some things off us because of, of, of you know, they may see the, the same character ad every year or every other year. And, and this really has taken the pressure off the coaches of having to come up with different things for it, even though we've got, a, you know, I've got whole files of them. But this really, it hits each kid with right what they're going through. And, and it's been it's been really, really good for us uh, these last several years. I think we're on year five now. So we've had a, a couple of groups that have went all the way through the program from their freshman year to their senior year. So we think it's definitely been a big help to our kids, both in the classroom, with their discipline at home, out in the community, and on the field. Yeah, and you know the thing the thing that's that's cool about it is it's just really a framework for you guys to instill your philosophies and your process, and mm-hmm. and you know it's as good as as you make it, and you guys are making it good with your kids. And I'm just going to tell you, you know, I was blown away. You know, I, I've been following you guys for a long time, and you won the state championship this year, and and I was cheering for you hard, and and you know after the state championship, you guys have you know you especially Coach Fabrizio have all these things that you've got that you're doing and all these accolades that you're getting, and uh, somewhere in that, I just got a text from you just out of the blue that just had the state championship shirt, you know, and and man that just blew me away, you know how you are always looking to to give credit to other people to to bring other people in and. And, uh, and man, that really, that really impacted me. And so I just want to say thank you for sending that to me. I needed that. You know, that was, that was pretty awesome that, that uh, that you did that. Now, uh, moving on to the next well, I thing. appreciate that. Oh yeah. My, my pleasure. So, uh, now this has been an incra- a crazy year, just, mm-hmm. you know, winning a state championship is always awesome. Now, uh, what, what were the emotions like, you know, leading up to that? You know, also, I want to know kind of what is your game day emotion like? What are you like on game day? You know, some coaches are unapproachable on game day. Some coaches uh-huh. like to joke on game day. You know, what, what's kind of mm-hmm. your deal? You know, I don't know. I think it probably depends on the game. It probably depends on how much we've had going on. Probably definitely depends uh, if it's home or away and how much travel we've got. You know, how long the trip is and how much how much goes into it. Uh, so, but I, uh, you know, I think there's you know different things depending on the game. You know, I, I like to think I'm not overly nervous or anything like that on game day. I'm, I'm sure there's sometimes I have been I have been fairly unapproachable, but <laughs> hopefully I've uh, uh, for the most part it in that way. But uh, I'm sure there's been some 
some some times it has. You know, really, uh, again, it gets back to me seeing the overall, you know, uh, you know, seeing the overall thing, you know, seeing our overall team and, and looking at that and, and just making sure we're, we're preparing properly for the game and everybody's preparing their position group. And, and, you know, there's just so many things nowadays that go into to a football game, especially in a away one now. It's like moving a, a small city when you go play an away game. It's just, you know, so much more than what you did so much more than what we did uh, t- even 10 years ago with what you t- have to take on the road now with the sideline video and all the technology and the everything. It's just, and, and you know, in, in, in Georgia, you know, we'll dress 120 kids for the game. So, because all the JV kids Thursday night can dress Friday. So, yeah. it's really, uh, you know, a tough thing and a lot goes into it. And, you know, it can be overwhelming if, if you don't have a handle on it, uh, handle on it early on. So, so I, you know, I don't know if there's one set way that I am. Some of my assistants may have a different, uh, different viewpoint on this but uh yeah i i you know i try to stay where I'm, my head's clear as possible yeah you know i was thinking about this the other day is is i've been a part of you know both both types of teams ones where you're really successful and the ones where you're not as successful mm-hmm. and and the funny thing to me is i was thinking about this the other day you know you think losing is hard try winning because uh, <laughs> when you win the next week that game is that much more important and then you win oh, yeah. again oh, yeah. in the next game and it just builds and builds and builds and then before you know it you're sitting there with a you know a once in a lifetime shot to win a state championship and and the other mm-hmm. team's trying to kick a field goal you know to win it and then mm-hmm. you're on the sideline you know what, what was that moment like uh just for uh just for those who don't know uh, you guys were playing in the state championship and mm-hmm. uh, they're kicking a field goal uh to win the game Mm-hmm. And you guys end up blocking it and uh, go mm-hmm. back and then win in overtime. Uh, what was that whole thing like? Well that, well, that was as time expired. And, you know, you know, you really almost don't have time to think to be nervous in that situation. You know, they called timeout and we just got our kids over there, got them settled down and, and got a situation to try to block the kick. Fortunately, one of our kids got a hand on it and knocked it off course enough to where it just missed. And, uh you know, we, we had new life there, but that was one of those situations where things were happening so fast, you really didn't have a chance to stop and be nervous about, about the situation. And, uh, you know, we'd had one blocked earlier in the game, so I guess that kind of evened things out, you know, uh, on, on what it was. And, you know, the the thing about it, it's just like if someone gave me great advice when I when I first became a head coach. They said, just keep your head down and keep working. And it's kind of like that when you got to go through a playoff run is just keep your head down and keep grinding, keep working, move on to the next next thing correct your mistake move on because if you try to look at the whole thing it really becomes overwhelming if you try to look at hey we've got to do all this to win it all it just gets overwhelming you just you have to sit there and just take one piece at a time and focus on that and then worry about the next piece after that yeah that's that's good advice you know you probably give that same advice to your kids and Mm -hmm. uh you know during you know, I've watched some of your half halftime speeches because they they make their way onto the internet, and uh, you know, at halftime you were giving the kids the, the talk of, you know, I think you guys were tied or maybe losing, and you were like, you know, you were like, hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this game, you know, because this is what it's all about, uh, being in a close game and battling and and taking their best shot and and still persevering and, and giving that whole thing. Can you can you talk me through kind of that mentality? 
Well, you know, sometimes when when you've had some success early on, like this year, we were ranked number one in the state for over half the season. So sometimes when that happens, you know, everybody expects you to blow everyone out, and that's certainly not going to happen. That's not the case. Not here, probably not in Texas, not here in South Georgia. That's simply, you know, not reality. And uh, sometimes when we get in a game that's really tight, that's really tough, and, and this year we were fortunate, we weren't down you know, until the semifinals and the finals. We really were not down very often during the regular season. So, you know, getting our kids refocused and getting them to understand that, hey, man, you, you've got to relish this opportunity. I mean, this is what it's all about, being in a game like this, a big-time game versus a great opponent. You know, we might be down a little bit. It might be tied. But, man, this is this is what it's all about right here, man. Enjoy this. Relish this opportunity. This is why you put in all this work to be in a great situation like this, you know, to be in a great game like this and to be right here. And, uh, and, and you know, my thing was to really get our kids to, to one, understand that, hey, we're okay. We're not going to blow everybody out. Games aren't going to be over by halftime all the time. But then also to get them to understand, man, hey, this is awesome. Enjoy this. Enjoy this. I mean, this is what it's all about, getting to play in a game like that at a high level. That's just so much fun, and, and to make sure they're, they're really right there and being in the moment and enjoying that moment. Yeah, I know sometimes the temptation can be to to go in there and, and just rip them. You know, hey, you guys aren't mm-hmm. playing how you should be playing, and we should be killing this team. But then I guess sometimes there's also – a time to say, hey, look, man, this is what it's about. You know, we're all right. We're going to fix the mistakes and we'll go back out in the second half and we're going to we're going to play, you know, our game and and don't panic. But just uh, just focus on the next play. You know, like you were talking about how you as a coach are sitting there just thinking, hey, let's just fix this one thing and get get to the next thing. Let's just get to the next thing. And and when you look at the whole big picture, sometimes it could cause a little uh, deer in the headlights look. Maybe uh, you're, you're thinking about all these things that have to go right. Well, sometimes, you know, the other team's really good. <laughs> and that's why you're in that situation. And you got to say, hey, look, guys, we just got to keep going. You know, they've hit us with some shots. We got to come back from that. And, uh, you know, when you when you play good people, that's going to happen. You're not going to go out. And, and it's great if you always have the game under control uh, at halftime. But sometimes that's not the case. And then you got to get your kids refocused and realize, hey, man, it's okay where we're at right now. This is part of it. It's going to be like this. It's it's supposed to be tough. It's supposed to be like this. This isn't anything that's unusual. It's a four quarter game so we're down a little right now but hey it's all right we got to come back it's a good team out there man we got to come back and play well this half and get this win yeah that really instills confidence you know it's just hey we're all right you know we'll get Mm -hmm. back out there and and they're good you know and and enjoy Mm -hmm. the battle to enjoy the fight Mm -hmm. that's special uh -hmm. now real quick uh what is your pregame kind of preparation you guys uh, meet on Saturdays or Sundays and both and and what do you or you know how do you guys kind of structure that? You talking about the coaches or the players yeah. or you're you're playing what? for the state championship game. Uh, what did you mm-hmm. guys do that that in preparation the weekend before that uh, game to really? Well, you know, we tried to keep. Well, you know, we really had two weeks for it because uh, as you know, the the the, first, the game we're on the way up to Atlanta in the Mercedes Benz Dome, and, and due to the weather, uh, the state of emergency declared Atlanta. You know, it got canceled. So we had to turn around and go back, and then turn and you know and, and move the game to the next Friday. So uh, we really had two weeks for the yeah. championship. So uh, that was uh, 
that was quite unusual. But the big thing is we try to keep it as, as the, the preparation that week as normal as possible. And then you've got to look at minimizing the distractions and all the things that go into it and preparing your kids as best as possible for it. You know, with all the, the regulations and the travel and, and the itinerary and all that, just going over those things during the week, giving it to them a little bit at a time, making sure they're prepared for it, but trying to keep our practice schedule as normal as possible also because if it's worked for you that long, you don't want to make all these wholesale changes that week. And, yeah, we may shorten things a little bit, but primarily we practice the same way, you know, each and every week throughout the year and even through the playoffs. You know, we made some slight adjustments, but there were some there were some also some, uh, you know, some, some things that we, we did consistently throughout the whole year. Yeah. Um, now, last uh, we've got two more questions here coming up, and sure. uh, I'm excited about about this one. What is one of the toughest things that you've experienced as a coach, and how has that shaped you? Um, well, I, you know, there's so many things throughout my career that 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 have done that, and uh, and shaped me. It's hard to pinpoint just one. You know, I, I know early in my career, you know, just coming to the realization that. Uh, you know, all these kids, you know, not all of them grew up the same way I did and had the same support at home and, and come in there. They weren't like me, you know, some were, but there were a lot that weren't. And, you know, so many people come from so many different backgrounds and socioeconomic backgrounds and just uh, family structures and things like that. And, you know, early in my career, when I was a young coach coming to that realization and realizing that, Hey, you know, just because I was okay with that, just because these were my expectations just because of those things doesn't mean it's going to be like that for every kid. And I, and I think coming to that realization early on really had a big impact on me and my coaching career and, and, and realizing that you have to coach kids differently and understand that kids are all coming from, from different backgrounds, different family structures, different socioeconomic uh, setups and and making the adjustments for those kids and and trying to help all those kids achieve success and and really realizing that hey, just because when I was a kid, I was okay with doing something, I would have been there. I didn't have a problem with this. Doesn't necessarily mean all kids are going to be that way. So coming to that realization early in my career, I know had a huge impact on me. And then really starting to pay attention to these kids and seeing what they needed and seeing the. The, you know how they came from and what their structure was of their home and things like that and, and then adjusting your coaching style and how you dealt with those kids to that I think was a big impact on me having having empathy for the kids and seeing mm-hmm. it from their perspective and then meeting them where mm-hmm. they're at uh, is that what you're talking about yeah yeah and it's not always necessarily just having empathy but just realizing that hey you know he might not be able to get here. I mean, we may have to go pick him up and give him a ride. He may not have the parents report at home to get here. He may be, you know, he maybe this kid didn't, you know, it's a day off from school. He didn't have a bunch to eat before he got here that day. You know, just realizing those things and realizing the structure they did and, and understanding that, hey, just because I didn't have a problem getting a ride every day to practice, getting a ride home, things like that, doesn't mean other kids don't. And realizing and making adjustments for those things and getting to know the kids and that was, was really a big a big, big thing early in my career and, in, in, you know, in, in changing my view on things. Yeah, wow. That is so true. 
All right. Because you don't know any different. You know, you know, you were raised, so you were raised, and you don't know any different until you get out there and start to see other kids and how they were raised and where they came from and things such as that. And, uh, you know, everybody, I think their perspective is, you know, their world is the whole world growing up, you know. And as you get out there, you realize that, hey, there's a lot of different, you know, people are coming from all kinds of different walks of life. Yeah, I know that I noticed that when I first got married. My wife uh, and I came from two different worlds, and, you know, she came from a world where, if you sneeze twice, you went straight to the doctor. And I, I remember as a kid having strep throat for a couple of weeks before we even thought about, you know, going to the doctor. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's just that's you know, it's just two different worlds, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's not that one is wrong and one is right, but it's uh, no, yes. you know, you got to see Very those much. kids where they're at. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And now you've been so, coaching. How many years have you been coaching? Do you know right off the top? This was twenty uh, seventh year. Mm-hmm. Twenty seven years, man. That is awesome mm-hmm. that you've been in this profession and, and impacting kids' lives for for so long. Uh, what is what are one of the greatest moments that you've had as a coach in your twenty seven years? Well, there's been many, but you know, obviously, right off the bat is you know winning the state championship this year. And I think one of the things that made it so special was you know it's my it's my ninth year here at Lee County. I've known many of these kids and shoot they were in fifth sixth grade some of them before that you know i can remember you know my neighbor who was a senior this year uh having a birthday party and probably 15 or 16 of our 41 seniors you know being at that party right next door to my house when he was in seventh grade and so just just seeing these kids so many of them grow through the years and being able to accomplish what we accomplished this year with them was was just certainly a a special, special experience, not only winning the championship, but winning it with this group of kids who I've been with so long. You know, it wasn't where I just got here and or I've been here two or three years. I mean, I've known many of these kids since, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, uh, most of them and almost all of them since middle school. So just seeing these kids grow and, and how much it meant to them and how much it meant to this community and all the alumni and former players who came back uh, was just was just uh, such a such a special experience, you know, and, and to to take, you know, a program like this that that, you know, through through had been down for so long and, and to get it to this point to see how much it meant to so many people and, and to see how many people put effort and work into this and were responsible for helping us get to this point, you know, and I've always said, you know, football, the great thing about it is it's the greatest team game there is. There's no other sport that requires so many players to work together and also so many people off the field to help coordinate things, both coaches, administrators, community people. There's so many people and so many things that go into it. To have all those things come together to get us to this point and see that happen was was just such a great experience. Well, that is that is crazy to just hear you explain it like that when you when you saw those kids uh growing up did you look at them and say man that's gonna be a really good group of kids or was it more well, i thought it was gonna be a, yeah you know i thought it was gonna be a good group of kids now did i know we were gonna get to this point and win a state title i mean you, you know i don't think you can ever look kids there and say hey this is this is it um you know i think our you know and our, our teams the last three years i think were were you know, we're good. We're really good. I mean, we're really even before that. We've had good teams the past several years. Uh, this one just, you know, caught a couple of breaks and was able to make plays at the right time and, and be the team that broke through and did it. But, you know, we didn't, I don't know if I necessarily looked at this. I thought this group was going to be pretty good. Now, I don't know if I necessarily looked at them and said, hey, this is the team that's going to win it all. Uh, you know, because I, I think we, you know, not, I think the teams prior to this one, 
because you know this of the success that they had and the teams that they were able to compete with at the top level in the state i think really each year our confidence got better and better and our kids you know just kept pushing through and pushing through and and this was the one that finally broke through so i think the people and kids that played before certainly were responsible for helping get us to this point and responsible for our success this year and you could see that in the state championship game with the amount of kids that came back and were here and how much it meant to them after the game that locker room must have been tough after that state championship game i guess just saying goodbye to those kids that you're not going to get to coach them anymore Uh, well you almost you know it's such an unusual thing because you know with with uh with the 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 Game being uh, the the games being postponed at the Mercedes Benz Dome and get to host the game on our home field was an extremely special thing. And then after the game, everybody was just going every which way for so long. <laughs> it was a just it was a different thing. You you didn't really get that experience of getting everybody back in the locker room. That didn't happen until the following Monday. But uh, it was it was just just unbelievable, unbelievable experience. Great night for a lot of people involved, and uh, and great night for this community. And there's been so many things about my coaching career that I could point out seeing kids go on to be successful after is you know satisfying for any coach and we've had so many kids go on and be successful after high school and, and it really makes you proud but you know and pointing out one thing I think that and seeing how much it meant to so many people was, was very very special well uh, man this has been an incredible talk coach Fabrizio and and you're doing a great thing for kids and man we had a football journey we just appreciate you and and all the, the 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 stuff that you've accomplished, and that you have let us be a part of it, and that you know you just involve us a little bit, and that has just been incredible. Just to just to be able to watch you and and cheer for you, and so thank you for that. Yeah, well, guys, I really appreciate everything y'all have done, and uh, again, really appreciate your uh, your program and and the, the character ed program you guys do for kids. I know it's been a big part of our of our school and, and a big part of our program, and I know it is for a lot of people. And thanks again for having me. Yeah, our pleasure. Well, thank you so much. And uh, and good luck this year. Go get another one, huh? Thanks a bunch. Oh, boy, putting the pressure on me already. <laughs> thanks a bunch. Appreciate it. All right. Thank All you. Right. You have been listening to the Football Journey podcast. A Football Journey, also known as Character Wins, is a character curriculum that has been used by over 15,000 student-athletes. It's used by high school athletes all over the country. Take a second and go check out the website. It's www.afootballjourney.com. For more podcasts like this, just check us out on iTunes. Also, feel free to rate us and and write a a good review. Uh, That really helps. And lastly, if you know somebody that should be on the podcast or uh, if there's any way that I can help you, feel free to write me an email. My email address is uh, derrickware at gmail.com. That's D-A-R-R-I-C-K at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter. Uh, My handle is at Derek Ware.